A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today, okay, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I just got married. I just got married. You just got married and that's the first time she said that last name. Forgive me. Um, That's not the only incredible surprise we have for you today. Today, we are also joined by a fantastic guest. She is a psychologist, an astrologer, an author, a contributor to Goop, and a very fun podcast, Sex with Emily. It is Dr. Jennifer Freed. Welcome. I'm thrilled to be with three women that take themselves less seriously about astrology. (laughs) Yes. You found the place. Who told you that about us? Name name. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the word on the street about us. The silly, the silly astrologers. Or the bad girls. Yeah. 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 Or perhaps you have the cosmic wiggle. Oh. I like that. I certainly like that. And I don't I don't disagree. What, what, I mean, what is the definition of a cosmic wiggle? 
It means that you are divinely inspired, but you're always laughing and wiggling with the universe. Hundred. That's us to a T. Checks out. <laughs> 8,000% us. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Yeah. I, I was just telling the gals as I was getting ready, I was, you know, listening to you talk to GP on the Goop pod. There's some pull quote. I got pull quotes on pull quotes where I was just like, I needed to hear, I needed to hear that from Dr. Jennifer talking about uh, energy people being drains or fountains. I was just like, okay, that simplified everything I've been feeling and over, over here. So just wanted to just shout out. I was just very moved by your words. And we have a lot, I feel like we have a lot of listeners who are in psychology. I feel like we get a lot of, uh, mental health workers and people who work in the psychological field. So um, I know everyone's going to feel really pleased to hear more about the blending of the worlds of psychology and astrology. Cause I think sometimes people think that they're always going to be such exclusive spaces. Well, let's just jump right in. And Stevie, let's talk about the fact that you have a cancer rising. Oh God. Mars and cancer. And so you would really relate to that whole idea of you're either drained by people or their fountains and give you energy because as a rising sign, cancer, Mars and cancer, you can't help, but just merge and mother people that you're around. And so if there's whiny babies, you're going to get that diaper rash emotionally. And if there's really nurturing evolved people, you're going to receive that good food of love and nurturing. So you have to be very discerning about who you hang out with. Oof. Mm-hmm. You hear am I allowed to call people whiny babies is really what I'm <laughs> I'm like uh, finally someone's put a name to the energy I've experienced. Well, I haven't found it helpful to call somebody a whiny baby, but Fair. I have been known to say this. You sound like somebody that would be like a whiny baby. because because, you know nobody likes to be called those things but they do sometimes need a little nod to the fact that they're occurring that way yes love love it that's see that's the medical term it's your you're sounding you sound like like a whiny baby and i'm getting a rash from you or or (laughs) one of or one of my adult children back in the day she's totally evolved now but i would say to her you know it's so strange, but you're sounding like a spoiled brat. And I know you're not that. <laughs> Dang. I mean, it takes it. What a, what a, uh, like, because when you tell someone that they are something or you like that, then you just get into such like oh, yeah. back and forth attack, and just disproving. Defend, yeah. Yes. Whereas like your sounding like allows for you to go like, oh, that wasn't my intention. Thank you for graciously letting me like, thank you for guiding this situation into a way where I can get out before I say something awful, what's your Mars? My Mars is in Sagittarius. Thus, oh, yes. I have leapt very far before I've considered my actions. And uh, that has not always gone so well. But on the other hand, uh, I really have a great adventurous life. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that invitation there as like truly a, oh, we're jumping past even the fight to where you're apologizing for how you talk. <laughs> like, I'm not, we're not even doing Can this. I, let, me, let me say another, <laughs> since you're all about astrology, I have Saturn and Mars conjoined in Sagittarius in the first house. And Ooh. I'm actually a very easy person to confront, but I have to always give a disclosure when I teach classes or when I'm in a business situation. You know, I'm not really as scary as I seem. And so you can approach me and you can talk to me and I'm really willing to hear your feedback and all of that. 
because Saturn, Mars in the first, I just seem to be energetically like a bossy kind of powerhouse dominator. And I can be that, but that's not my true nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you also have a fixed rising sign, I think, right? Uh, Sag rising. Oh, Sag rising. What did you have, Aquarius moon? No, I'm sun. a sun sign in Aquarius. Wait for this, people. Sun in Aquarius. Venus conjoined in Aquarius. Opposite Uranus and Leo. Ooh. Yeah, you got some fixed stuff, yeah. too. That's fixed and stuff. Fixed Fix stuff scares people for sure. I'm as I say as a fixed person. Hey, Lisa, talk about it. Talk about scaring people. Yeah, I want to hear <laughs> how you do it. I want to hear your way of scaring people. Oh, I think I just I'm I'm quiet and people think I mean I can be mean, but I don't I try not to show that. I had recently I had um I had a few people tell me like you're so nice. I'm so surprised. And I was like, oh, thanks i think is that a compliment i'm not Wait. sure okay so it's like your intensity vibes out as kind of an uh somberness and they can't believe you're really kind and sweet maybe i think you're kind and sweet i'm looking at your chart what a sweetheart thanks moon in cancer oh yeah yeah i mean i try to be a sweetheart i i guess i don't necessarily want people to think I am right away I don't want it you know I don't want the to have to people take advantage of me or whatever so maybe I'm a little quiet and standoffish at first well how I see it in your chart is you have Pluto oppose your sun Mercury and Jupiter and whenever a woman has Pluto oppose her sun I've noticed that she has a lot of power issues doesn't want people to take power over her doesn't want to be a power over person so you're going to be a lot more scrutinizing and careful on how you wield power and who's in the room and what they're doing with power. It's a big issue. That's definitely true in all aspects of my life. All right, then. So astrology does it again. <laughs> again, astrology. Yeah. Test, tested, time tested, used by one billion users. Happy are, you know, or one billion served. One, one billion served. Uh, what I mean, in terms of astrology and psychology, what what how do you weave those together? Do you is there times where you don't or is it like impossible to not kind of blend them into your line, both lines of your your operation? Yeah, it, for me, 40 years doing both, uh, it's in they're inseparable because psychology is the way I interact with people and how I conceive of what they need and how to teach them or train them to be more assertive or get their needs met or problem solve or change their mindset. And astrology is the cosmic DNA. And so like looking at three of your charts, it's pretty quick to see what some of your core patterns and complexes will be, but then what do you do about them? That's mm -hmm. the psychology part. Like anybody can tell you, oh, blah, blah, blah. But do they know how to guide you to the next step of evolving that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's something that's so missing from astrology too, and missing from people's understanding and, and, um, can concept of how they could use astrology in their life. Because I think most people engage with it in a way where it does feel more fortune telling or where someone is just saying, Oh, you're this, 
you're like this, but they don't understand how they could then turn that into knowing someone better, communicating better, under understanding their values at a different level, or um, making sorts of predictions and plans about how their life is going to unfold and how to contextualize that in a way that like moves them forward. And so I think that that's beautifully amazing. said, beautifully said, because I think way too often these days, people use astrology to rationalize and justify their problems and to not actually take ownership and accountability and use the chart as a tool to upgrade their patterns into gifts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, Jen, just got to say smart move because when astrologers come on here and don't read us, it's like missed opportunity just to, to, to show, show, to show the goods. It's like, I mean, we like, we'll, we'll chat about anything, but you know, we're always flattered to hear about ourselves. So, well, but also it's super helpful for people to hear how different people see charts. Cause we're all mm. through our own chart. Let's make a disclaimer here. No one's reading your chart objectively. They're reading your chart through their chart. So the way I read is because I'm this person looking through these portals. So I want to talk about uh, Julia because we haven't talked about her yet. And how could we neglect her? So um, Julia with the beautiful Libra rising. uh, So you are the one that needs to balance everything. And also image is incredibly important to you. So we will not tarnish your image. And you are bestowed with a natural grace and beauty with that Libra rising. Now, what I find interesting is Mars in Scorpio in the first house. Whoa. So you look real good, but you can sting them like nobody else. So don't cross Julia. Um, Also, I find it fascinating that you have Mars oppose Jupiter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. First of all, I hope you have a great sex life because if not, you're missing a big opportunity. I do. Great. Also hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what are you going to ditch? I want to hear it. Oh, this is, I mean, I'm married. Well, my husband is an Aries uh, and yes, I was like a a Aries sun, Aries moon. So Whoa. he's also my like big Aries in the in the seventh. But he also like, I mean, at times has literally referred to himself as a sex god, <laughs> which well, is the also great, the most the Aries great thing. news is the great news is you, you really thrive on a healthy sexual relationship. And yes. he is like a machine. So you can get served whenever you want. Yeah, it's true. That's so cool. <laughs> um, but let's not stop there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, with that moon in Capricorn, that's a very driven moon. Have you really explored that very much or no? You know, I, I, I don't know. I always like think that I have, I think I have in a very lunar way in a very internal way. And I think that my internal ambition far outweighs the external manifestation of that, both in like accomplishment, but also I don't know if, if other people would know me in that same way but I definitely feel very um like driven well moon in Capricorn is a moon that's ruled by Saturn and from the early conditioning it would say that you were given love as an approval not unconditionally 
So moon with Saturn Capricorn is the person that has to learn ultimately to self-approve and what other people think of you is none of your business and satisfaction isn't in achieving. It's in the process of enjoying what you're creating. Yes. Yes. That's very true. And figuring out that I think that's something that's definitely the enjoying the process, even though, you know, I'm a Sag. And so I like, I at least, uh, on some level enjoy the process or I enjoy like not knowing I enjoy excitement and, and adventure and whatnot. But I think also I can find myself doing things that I do not enjoy doing, knowing that they are like leading to something or going. And that's that Saturn moon to me of like, just punishing the punishing experience, trying to, <laughs> to achieve something instead of enjoying it yeah. in, in process. Yeah, but see, I think the beauty of self-awareness, like you're just talking about your chart, is you get more choices once you know the game. Mm -hmm. If you don't even know what's driving you and you don't even understand what all that pressure internally is about and you just react to it, you don't have any choices. But once you can go, Capricorn moon. So I'm organized around these little levers of approval, like the little Pez is coming into my little approval mouth. But actually, that's not going to get me where I want to go. I want to make something of value, something that lasts, because that's what matters to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. where's Lisa at on all this? Lisa with the biggest glasses I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They're like magnifying glasses. I feel I like you could just look at any one of us and see right through to our souls. They're <laughs> x-ray. No, but they are just my vision glasses so they are like (laughs) magnifying stuff (laughs) there you go she didn't want to tell you her mom's the old navy lady and they're hand-me-downs from (laughs) i couldn't believe that (laughs) um where am i at with my moon what was the question what are you reflecting on when you listen deeply to your friends and what we're talking about Oh gosh. It's all the 12th house stuff. I, I, well, when we were talking, when you were talking to Stevie and Julia, I was trying to, in my head, affirm ways in which they have in my life, you know, represented their placements, but I didn't want to interrupt and be like, you do, you are a cat moon, you do this or whatever. Um, but I think it's mostly, I do exist somewhat in that, uh, in the spiritual in-between world a lot of the time. So I am listening and I'm kind of applying it to my own life. But I think it's kind of cool what you're doing is really taking in their experiences, their charts, and you're seeing through to how it really exists. But we always self-reference. Then you're wondering about, oh, my moon, my chart. That's what we all do. That's why astrology is so popular because it always comes back to me. What about me, right? So I appreciate that. I just like your perspective because with that 12th house, you are in the unseen world's you're a translator of things that we don't know and cannot see. And I appreciate that. I am in the unseen world. I have a very active dream life. And, uh, you know, I should probably see you on a not uh, public uh, thing to talk about my issues with nightmares <laughs> and stuff. But that'll be a different conversation. But for is, time. Do you have like dreams that are nightmares that wake you up or you're just having way too many dreams or what is the deal? I run the gamut. Um, I do think I do have nightmares frequently. I do wake up at night. Um, 
I also have dreams and stuff. I'll have like ideas in dreams that I'll write down and things like that. Sometimes I'll know something's wrong because I'll have a dream I've had before and I'll be so like, prophetic. Oh. You have prophetic dreams. But I would don't you know if it's sharing... prophetic. Well, if you, if oh, you I have a, I, I, I have like a eye infection again. I know because I had the same dream last time. I don't know if it's like, you know. Well, it's a little bit bad news, but uh, can you share one repeating nightmare that you've had? Because I yeah, can this, with it. This yeah. is the one that always comes to mind. I haven't had it in a long time, but I used to have this dream where I would be being chased by a witch. I don't know what the witch is. I've never seen the witch. I just know that there's a witch chasing me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I'm under, underneath bars and I'm having to like crab walk, but it's like a maze and they're fire hot. So it's just like, I'm like be, having to be very careful, but trying to rush. And like, it's, it's an uncomfortable position in my body and something's coming for me. Would you mind us working on it for a few minutes? Not at all. Okay. So Whoa. you are under bars and they're very, very hot and you're having to contort yourself to just get comfortable. You're very uncomfortable. Right. True so far. Yeah, I'm like, I'm having to move around the bars, but You're it's uncomfortable the way I'm having to do it. Like I'm underneath on my back, like having to kind of like a crab crab walk. Yeah, a crab. And you have an unidentified witch chasing you. Yeah. And I don't know what it looks like, but I know it's a witch in my dream. I don't know why. OK, so this is how I work with dreams. Will you stick with me and try it? Totally. OK. So now I want you to take the perspective of the witch. Just take it on. I'm the witch. And you are looking at Lisa in this contraption. And she's moving and she's crab walking. And I want you to just close your eyes for a second and be the witch. And what's the very first thing you would want to say to Lisa? Just as the witch. Run, I guess, is it. Okay, run. So stick with me. And now just, again, this is called active imagination, and you can do this because you're very good at this. So Lisa, now just with her saying, run, Lisa, run. What do you want her to run to? Where is she supposed to run? Let me think about it. And just let it come spontaneously. Where should Lisa run to? I guess it's like out into a field. It's like I, I'm seeing like something natural. She wants you to get out of this bar situation where you're where you're contorted and crab walking and she wants you to be free and go out into a field. OK, now I'm going to interview you as the witch. This is going to be profound. Just go with it. Just say whatever comes. So, witch, what are you doing here? Why are you visiting Lisa? Putting pressure on uh-huh for her to run into a freer field yeah because what is she missing what is lisa not picking up on what is she not getting why do you have to pressure her just she's stuck she's stuck so she tends to get stuck in these bars and this heat and this crab walking and what do you know that she doesn't know which what do you know that she doesn't know like i feel like i can see it all Exactly. So you have the absolute overview, the meta, and you see her stuck 
and she could be free. And yeah, tell, that's what, exactly and tell us what you see about those bars. What are they doing there? Who put them there? I guess it's like a path. It feels like a maze when I'm thinking about it from in my dream, but when I'm thinking about it as the witch, it yeah. seems more like a path. Okay, so she's on a path. You're just trying to show her that there's another way to go about this that's much more natural and free. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and what do you wish Lisa would acknowledge about you, which you've been showing up a few times at least? What do you wish she would see about you? She's been ignoring you and running from you. What do you wish she'd see about you? I think all I'm seeing is like, I have a light. Exactly. Okay. So let's pause for a moment. Stevie's smiling. Stevie. <laughs> I feel like we all just took like ayahuasca together. <laughs> and I do want to say having taken ayahuasca. So let's just yes. say this dream work is trippier. Doesn't cost any money and okay. can get you the same places. I just want to say that. And I'm not putting down ayahuasca, but I'm really into dream work. Because Lisa, if this were my dream, I would be really wanting to get to know this witch element more because she's showing me that she has a way of seeing things that my ego is not aware of. She sees the bigger picture. She sees how I could be more wild and free. She sees I'm on the path. She's not judging me, but she wants me to feel better. True? Absolutely. I think I can see from talking with you through the witch uh, interview, I guess we'll call it. Yes, um, the witch interview. That there, I can see more of a story in my subconscious where I think when it's in the dream, it feels more like a flash of fear that I would sometimes get when I'm like about to go on stage at a big thing or I have to you know it's just it feels like that same kind of gut thing where I'm like oh I have to go I have to go I'm like in this maze but like talking to you it feels more like there's a bigger thing in my brain if that makes sense yeah and also all dream figures are part of us and the ones we feel least familiar with the least identifiable probably have the most to teach us if we get to know them and what people often misunderstand when they have upsetting dreams of people chasing them or people, you know, hurting them, often if you turn toward the dream figure and get much more curious about what they're here for and what there's, you know, about, you actually can make a connection inside your own psyche that heals you. So thanks for being willing to do that on air. That was brilliant. Oh, thank you yes. for doing that for me. That's that truly so helpful so I well I, I i feel like you know witch has been a very tarnished image we burned witches oh but, me too yeah but for me witches are the sacred feminine revealing itself with a lot of magic and from your chart one of the things you have more than most people is the ability to create magic thanks go with that lisa Thank you. That's true. Well, I feel like wow. this is a good a good segue into your book. Oh yeah. <laughs> Map to your soul. Yeah. Map, 
What about the book? <laughs> yes, a map to your soul using the astrology of fire, earth, air, and water to live deeply and fully. I mean, what a wonderful title, first and foremost. But what that made me think of is the like the scary dream as a as a teaching. I was listening to you on um pulling the thread and talking about that idea of uh, an element that isn't as present in your makeup being one that you're projecting out or calling in to experience as like that projected way and thinking of the dreams as one of those ways that we might be having that elemental pull somewhere because this is like an area that we need to explore and need to be kind of tugged there against our will, so to speak, because it's not as, as natural to us. Um, is that something that you see often in people? Yes. And you just said it so well. Wow. You women are brilliant. Yes. Uh, no, really. I talk to a lot of people. Not everyone's on the level that you are. Uh, <laughs> yes. The whole thing about living a fully expressed life is you can't put things in the shadow. You can't take an element or a quality and go, I'm not that, you know, which we often like to do. They're that I'm not that. Uh, mm -hmm. When you're fully realized, you're everything. And the, and, the, and the more comfortable you get with, I could be that, I might be that, and I'm also that, then you're much freer because you're not defending and armoring and shrinking down. Yes, dreams, the unconscious will reveal to us, especially repeating themes, places that we are turning away from. And people that we continually meet that have the same negative qualities are trying to teach us who's the common denominator. Mm -hmm. You know, issues with authority. Oh, it's me again. You know, so mm -hmm. I think that astrology is a beautiful map of the soul, as my book is called, because it really does show you places you tend to other people. You know, we're all about liberation, but liberation is an inside job too. And when we're othering people and blaming them and making them wrong, we're, we're cutting off a huge part of our own consciousness. Mm -hmm. Damn. I like to going back to like the elements too, in terms of astrology, because I think for so many people, there's just so much with the chart and with planets and aspects and houses, and it can get overwhelming. And I think it's a good reminder too, of the elements contains so much just in knowing the balance of water to fire to to earth to air because they all you know maybe if we are lacking an element doesn't mean that we're void of it but we might be like craving that more or you know seeing that in where we kind of explore our day-to-day -day waking lives or what we see like we always talk about people with no water end up like swimming like a ton <laughs> like all the time because they're trying to like I, soak in soak it in that's what I thought you were gonna say about the hot bars well, oh, you don't have fire. fire. You don't mm -hmm. have any fire. Yeah, that's what I was oh, like. Oh, yeah. let's see. Well, it's not as simplistic as that, but I think you're all making the point for me about my book and why I wrote the book. If you're living four elements consciously every day, you're going to be in balance no matter what. And I mm -hmm. want to just repeat this for the listener that may not know astrology as well. Fire is that element of dynamism and passion and boldness and assertiveness and that. And then earth is the steady, reliable, consistent, grounded. Air is the inspiring, the breathtaking, the exhilarating, the open-minded, the spacious. And water is the feeling, the compassion, the softness, the forgiveness, the, the connecting. And if you only thought about the four elements, 
you could just think morning, afternoon, and night, where am I with being on all four pillars? And that could be a very helpful navigating tool. And the book has 12 different domains of life that examine your relationship to the elements in those places. And I want to make a plug before I forget that if you buy the book through my website, jenniferfree.com, you get a lot of free gifts. So please get the book and get it through my site because then you get all these goodies. Fantastic. We, we love a plug. You must, look. we're here. And look, link in show notes. So you have buy the directly. Tauruses at goodies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here's a funny thing about me with my Taurus moon. Yes. I love to give gifts and get gifts. And I was joking with a friend of mine who just laughed for about a day that I just hardly ever get anything for free. And then my partner said in the last three months, you've gotten 20 packages from people. What are you freaking talking about? <laughs> but in my Taurus moon mind, I could get so many more gifts. Where are all the gifts? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Every time you buy something, you should be getting a gift, right? Isn't that I what feel works? That. I That's feel what like, I think. I think yes. everything should be two for one. I get one of these and I give, to, I either get to have another one or give one. I'm sorry, when the restaurant gives you the free little appetizer, when you sit, it's just like, there we go. This is, I, this is the show we came for. I just went to an ice cream place. I was telling Julia and he, he didn't make me ask for samples. <laughs> he was just giving them <laughs> to me. And I was like, this is what I want. I don't want to sit here and be like, can I have this kind of this? I just want you to keep giving me them. I can mm -hmm. tell you because, you know, we can change the world on this show. The yes. key to anyone being successful in their business is Give more than you're trying to get. Give more than you're trying to get. And when your energy is about creating generous possibilities for people, and I don't mean to be ridiculous, but the energetic is give more than I'm trying to capture. That always works out. The restaurant that we go to every week in Montecito, they are always about how can we make this better for you? Oh, can we help you get this? Oh, maybe you'd like to try this. Oh, here's an extra this. We feel like we go out once a week and all of a sudden we're the queen of the restaurant. That's pretty awesome. It makes you go back. Mm -hmm. totally. and, commun and community. I'm sorry. We're all yes. always searching for that. You remember my thing that I like or that anecdote about myself. It's just so, and it's tiny. It's like just so tiny, but it brings so much charm and connection that, I mean, and dare I say after these last few unprecedented years, aren't we all just seeking, <laughs> just seeking, oh, you see me. I'm, uh, we're all visible human beings functioning in an ecosystem together. Yeah. I really like that you're naming that we're all surviving a colossal yeah. traumatic time together and just to be in person feeling cared for by a stranger or close ones it's everything mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think we just forget that it's like oh yeah this is still it's still rough rough waters out here oh I just got over COVID just now uh, oh and my and I gave it to my partner and she hated me I mean it was <laughs> Oh, because no. I got it and I'm, you know, satirizing. I'm not that particular or careful. So I'm like sneezing and putting bad. It was a very bad situation. 
So she got it after me. And then for two days when she had it, kind of not very, it was hard. She was just looking at me like, I hate you. Well, the good news is we're over that. I'm glad. My partner gave it to me and um, he says, now uh, you can't say I never give you anything. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't recently, but yeah, he still holds that one. No, we're not. We're so far not out of all of this. We're just learning how to deal with a different reality. Yeah, absolutely. I think that also made me think of something that you said on the pulling the thread podcast about the, you know, life as a, uh, an orchestra and, and a production, I believe. And, but thinking about the part that stood out to me is that we have to also be, everybody has to do their part, but we also have to be genuinely excited for each other as well. And I think in this restaurant example, when you are being taken care of in a service situation, it makes you feel like when it's joyful, you get, it's a joy to patron a place that also clearly takes joy in creating a space for you. And I think that that's really hard in the space that we are at now when so many people are having to just like serve in a way that is not joyful and is, and we shouldn't expect people to be joyful in that way, but it is, which is like not necessarily a solve, but I think that's like what's going on now too. It makes it hard to kind of engage with each other and be happy when there are so many people that feel like, well, this person's happy all the time and I'm never happy. Why should I be happy for them? And they're like, how could I possibly, you know? Yeah. I think you make a lot of good Capricorn moon points. So here's what I want to say about it is um, I think part of the remedy of that, because people are working in extraordinarily bad conditions and hard conditions, and there's such inequity going on and all of the above, uh, I make it a point to over tip like when, whenever I can and beyond just giving more because I consider it tithing. That's my tithing, right? Mm-hmm. But I also really look people in the eye and thank them. And I talk to them about wearing the mask and how hard that is and how much I feel for them and acknowledge the labor they're putting in so that I can be there. You know, a lot of it is say what you see, Mm -hmm. appreciate what's going on. We're all humans. Like when I'm working really hard and somebody notices that and actually takes the time to write me a note and says, good for you and thank you. I get a boost of energy. It's all the good serotonin and dopamine that we need is to be seen and be recognized no matter what our part is. The worst is the invisibility and the expectation of service without being human, the dehumanizing. Absolutely. Damn. Damn. Well, (laughs) I I have a question about the element. Well, I guess this is like a, a two-parter. Okay. Good. Um, the first is my like statement. I guess not a question. Actually, I lied. Um, <laughs> I think that I love that you are Aquarius sun and Taurus moon, because this feels very elemental to me in the sense that it's both the, like the psychological organization principle of Aquarius, but also the kind of embodiment and the sensuality of the Taurus moon. And I think that there's something so um, digestible for people when we talk about this in, in, with, in elements, as opposed to anything else in astrology. I do think those are the ones that are the most kind of like physical and visceral for people to understand. And so it becomes all of a sudden so useful for people, even if they don't know astrology. So just 
to to repay you for seeing us so much. I think this absolutely makes so much sense given your big three. And then of course the Sudge Rising naturally. Um, but do you feel like those are the placements that do this for you? Do you feel like there's something else in your chart that uh that pulls you to these kind of like both melding of of different disciplines, but also like, I don't know, the elements specifically. Great question. Again, nobody's asked me such great questions as these. You know, my chart is Sun, Venus, and Aquarius in the second house, but I also have Mercury and Capricorn there. And my Mercury and Capricorn is trying my moon. So what's really going on for me is I've always wanted to make a big impact with humanity, the Aquarius and Sag part, but it has to be deeply practical and embodied. I, you know, taught at a university with PhDs and I was appalled at how in the head they were and how, unless you were in their rarefied atmosphere, you had no fucking clue what they were talking about. And that insulted me and offended me. I'm of the people for the people, Aquarius. So for me, astrology has to not be a highfalutin, hypothetical, elite thing. It has to be down and dirty in the body, be practical, be a takeaway, give somebody a leg up in the world, address inequities, address racism, sexism, homophobia. That's what I've always, always been about. And I'm going to always be about that. So thanks for noticing. So welcome. <laughs> and also I have Jer uh, Jupiter. I have Jupiter and Neptune and Scorpio in the 11th. Ooh. Oh. So that's why I'm on sex with Emily. She's my one of my best friends. And I think she's amazing. I love her so much. Yes. Well, I think that's another thing that's similar to astrology. That's one that people are kind of like, um, I mean, obviously, because it's it's taboo for people, but also feels like a thing that is like this mystical, magical thing instead of one that is best addressed with kind of practicality and communication and embodiment and and based in math. And yeah. And <laughs> science and knowing how your body works makes that easier. The mechanisms, yes, all, all of these things that are just kind <laughs> of, you know, that don't. Yeah. Again, the kind of melding of both of those and. Well, here which we are. Astrology goes to show, does it again, undefeated. Which I'll say for all the math phobes too. Failed geometry twice in high school can look at a natal chart, and I get it. If it's something that interests you, or something that compels you, or you feel drawn to, it's easier to even sink your teeth into it and want to to be in it. If you if you learn differently, or like are attracted to different fields differently. Stevie, this is so important for you to say because I've spent since. 20 years training people in astrology and at least 60% of my students say, I can't do this. I'm bad at math because mm -hmm. there is math to this. Uh, however, just like you said, when I teach in a creative way and it's experiential and it's fun and we do like pantomimes and role plays and all the kind of fun <laughs> stuff, all of a sudden math isn't so freaking in the head and boring. It's an actual tool. So mm -hmm. thank you for saying that because people can get over that. That's just the way it was taught. Yeah. Well, and also I'm not, it's been the only time I've used geometry in real life. <laughs> like, I don't think I've used <laughs> it for any other thing. So. No, you use it for like, what sex position will we get into? And like, where's the coffee cup going to be in relation to the, this you're oh. always working angles. Okay. It's just angles. All right. 
<laughs> no, I've been doing it. Yeah, you're a pro. Same, you're same a pro. You just weren't given the credit. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sun trying Saturn. So, you know, I'm looking for approval, all this approval Capricorn talk, I think was like a really key buzzword. Cause I think, I think sometimes cap Saturn energy is like, no, I'm doing this approval for my own, or I'm doing, or I'm setting out on this venture. I'm the goat that can do whatever, but then you forget how much is that question of authority is because you want someone to say you're doing amazing, sweetie. And I think that that's, I'm just, I'm glad that this well, has we been all brought up want, in our- We all want that. We're never escaping right. that. You are mm-hmm. doing it, sweetie. <laughs> and um, I want to also say, because we don't talk about this enough with Capricorn Moon or Saturn Mars or Saturn with your son, failure is like the worst F word, but Oof. should be the thing we, we crave. Because mm-hmm. for me- I've had so many failures, like so many failures. And it's because I'm brave and I'm bold and I try things out. So for me, it's teaching all people, fail big, fail fast, recover faster. Mm. Don't play life so safe. You will regret the shit out of it because really life is for the living, not for like the viewing. So get Mm. in the stadium, take your shot. If you miss, make sure you got people that love you no matter what. Like I joke because <laughs> I, you know, when I take my wrists and some of them really flop, I walk around the house and I say to Randy, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm such a loser. And the cats even think I'm a loser and everyone's thinking I'm a loser. And she just goes, yeah, you're my loser. You know, we play oh. out. We play it out because to not play that way is to not have a fully expressed life. And I don't enjoy failing, believe me. It's embarrassing, it's humiliating, it's awful. But also since I've had so many and I'm so successful, I'm like, I'm good. You're like, I think there's something in the failing sauce that will yeah, I think, get I think you it, to what you want to do. Well, yeah, and if- because I can laugh at myself, which is why mm. I want to be on your show because one of my <laughs> biggest failures uh, was so public and it was, I was just out of my mind doing the wrong things. And then I have friends and we still to this day talk about, remember that? And we laugh and laugh and laugh because it was one of my worst creations. Just totally flop. Hey, but those are, those, I mean, it's also like you're going to have to do something, like something is going to go wrong. Even, you know, here's my cat moon ass being like, yeah. actually, but also still, we don't have to like, fail really though right i mean <laughs> and now you gotta really feel fail. like after we succeed and never have to be disappointed ever again um and my gemini mercury's like well what was it <laughs> well it's like name, even name. Thing, it's like you know degree it's even if you get like the job that you want you're still gonna like try things that don't mm-hmm. don't work or someone a client is gonna go somewhere else or whatever there's like all of these failures no matter what even if we think that we're avoiding it you're like not so just so let me say a profound thing to women your age and all your listeners the worst thing that could happen to you in life is getting everything you want the worst thing because it's the journey people and i know this because i counsel billionaires and people that have no money and you know all the people and especially the heavy capricorn people they, they make their list, they check it off. I got this, I got that, I got this, my hill, I climbed it, I did this. And then the depression is miserable. 
because there is no getting something to make you happy. It's Mm -hmm. about being happy. And so if Mm -hmm. you're not happy, just doing the thing that you think is getting you somewhere, you're never going to be happy getting there. I have so many examples of this. It's beyond anything I can describe to you. I think it's the dirtiest secret going that getting what you want is what makes you happy. It's the farthest thing from the truth. And it's all this manifestation bullshit. Well, you can manifest your dream lover in your house and and you can manifest yourself into an ironclad sense of emptiness because you got it all and what the fuck's wrong. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's okay to swear on your show. Oh, oh yes, very oh, much. Yeah. Okay, then. Very much. <laughs> I have Pluto conjunct Mercury. I can't help but swear. Um, okay. Well, I, bet you, I bet you're a better cursor <laughs> than <swear>. I am. <laughs> we're, swe- we're swearers. Um, oh, no, that's, yes, it is that, like, there is no, like, there to get to except for, oh. I mean, death. But it's interesting because we're all getting we are all in process of being having weddings this year. Stevie, we all got married this year. Yes. Or, Lisa, yeah. Lisa had her wedding in July and Stevie uh, just had an elopement and then mm-hmm. is having another event later in the year. And I'm having, I got married at the end in New Year's Eve, 2020 in Vegas, like just a quickie thing, but we're having a wedding now, a celebration and that feeling of the, like, you know, I feel like all of our year has been for this thing that ultimately is, a day and it's like wonderful it's been the, they've been the best and it's days. so expensive too it's like yes. so funny to me they've been the most magical wonderful days and no like no regrets no anything but it is still that like even this thing that like uh you know you you think about and you plan and all of that is still just it's still just a day you have to like do something the day after and the day before and and forever and yeah I've I've had people, mainly people I don't know very well when they find out I was getting married, like, oh, marriage. And I was like, I know it's the least interesting thing about me. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, because oh. it can, it can be just so suck, sucky any, you know, it can really drag you in. Well, once you get into the archetype of marriage, which is an unconscious agreement of society that confers upon you a certain standing and privilege in life. You also get the shadow of that, which is all the unrealistic expectations of being married and what you should feel and how it should go. And it's never like that. And so I congratulate you three. I've been with my partner 26 years. We've never been married. I will say this, though, being committed to another human being is the deepest, bravest spiritual path you will ever be on ever. It's a hard one and it's an awakening one and it's a joyful one. And I would never choose anything else, but let's get real. It's hard enough to love and accept ourselves and then multiply that and put another human next to you. Mm -hmm. I have been um, just in the couple of months, I've been leaning into a few wife stereotypes, trying to figure out what kind of wife I'm going to be. Oh, see, there's that collective. The one I'm on right now is let him figure it out. And I'm loving this one. Um, It's really fun. It's like, yeah, you have the answer, but let him figure it out. Let's see if he can get the dog groomed. We'll figure it out. Like he'll get there, you know? And it's really fun for me. Obviously, if he asks me for help, I help him, but I don't just like do stuff for him. And um, this is one that I'm really, I'm really loving right now. Who knows? I'll be a different wife next week, but. Well, right. But I think what's wonderful about your attitude is it's an experiment because nothing that you're going to do in marriage this year will be the same exact experiment you'll be doing next year. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Keep mm-hmm. it new. Love it. Um, I'm going to selfishly ask about my Aries moon only because there's so much moon talk and I just, uh, Aries moon would probably do that. So I'm I'm curious if you had any, I'm just curious. Maybe it's because I've my, you mentioned earlier about like my Mars. And I think since me and me and Lisa have some chart similarities to like the sun opposite Pluto, there's some things that I think Lisa and I connect to a lot in terms of astrology. So I was also feeling very seen and validated through mm-hmm. hers and also I think listening to Julia's too I felt the same thing you mentioned Lisa of like just being like yeah like or cheering on like the parts where it's like yeah she like Ju- Lisa is magical and Julia is as this prolific okay you need a little attention way. and guess uh, what uh, yeah I guess I'm gonna give you like. better than you even asked for because oh. the thing about your chart Stevie is that you have a square from Mars and Chiron to your Aries moon and you have a square from Uranus to your moon. So um, this is called a T-square and the center of the T-square is the moon in Aries. So there is an extraordinary amount of growth for you in that Aries moon. And one of the most important things is what you just did, which is state your needs clearly without an attitude. That's hard work given the chart that you were born with to actually (laughs) say, I need something. You know, mostly you think of Aries moon as, as so self-assured and confident, but when you have Chiron Mars square the moon and se- and Uranus square the moon, it means that your earliest experiences of your deepest emotional needs were to keep them to yourself. You weren't really allowed to express them. You were told you're too much, you know, a lot, uh. of, a lot of shaming, a lot of emo shaming. So what <laughs> I would say to you about that Aries moon is that it's critical for you to do two things. Do some kind of aggressive cardio at least three times a week, like aggressive. So you really feel the rage that comes from being repressed and censored and not valued whenever that's gone on ever. Oh, it's gone on. Yeah, it's gone on. And so, but you want to Like I used to do a lot of kickboxing and it was so brilliant because I could just punch and punch and punch. I never put a face there, but I could release all that kinetic Mm -hmm. energy that I did have. And it was freeing. The next thing is with your closest who, you know, these women on the show, but anyone else you're close to practice on a daily basis, this exercise. Here's what I need. And I'd like to know what you need. Here's what I need, and I'd like to know what you need. And this isn't a competition. If I get my need, it doesn't mean I owe you your need. We're both just asking. Mm. So there's no obligation that either one's going to get their needs met because needs aren't guaranteed. But for you as an emotional hygiene, it's super important to your closest people to just have that conversation daily. Here's what I need right now. What do you need? And to voice it will be really reparative for you. Okay. Jot it down. Note it. I know I love, I love all that. I do need to be, if I don't move for the first thing in the morning, it truly fucks up my <laughs> emotional day. I need, whether it's a hike or a walk or Zumba or whatever, I need to do something. Aries that- moon has to move for its emotional health, period. Yeah. yeah. It gets, it gets a little rocky out there, but as a kid, I would always hear, you're so bossy, you're so loud, like you're so blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, repressed Midwesterners, just, you know, heads up. But, and then I'm watching baby footage of me and I'm like holding court, like, so cancer. I just see the cancer rising so much more than the Aries moon that everyone felt like they were examining. Cause I'm just there. Like these other kids are acting like fools. Like this is, I think these adults are being a little young feeling like, I don't, it's so interesting to like watch myself back. Cause I'm like, I don't see that at all. And of course I'm not seeing myself 24 seven. Let me help but... you. Let me help you one step further. So one of, one of your purposes, this life is to be an alpha female, totally, totally owning your power unapologetically and teaching young women that have been put through the paces like you were to own it early on and never look back. <laughs> Damn. Join my alpha female course starting next week. And we're, we're about to kickbox and call our dads and tell them to fuck off. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's stuff you've taught me, even though I'm not a young, a young female. <laughs> yes. We well, we're all still growing. So we're yeah. young. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're all still, we're all still tender, tender babies at our core. This may be, and then I know we need to wrap, but yeah. And I have a, game, be... a quick game. To oh, end. we have a game. Oh, let's game. Let's game. Let's Cause game. I was like, this is this. I was like, my question, I feel like is like in the book. I love this. Let's say it again. I know we'll say it at the well, end. We'll, we'll wrap, be at but... Jen's house next weekend. So we, yeah, we got a lot gonna... to cover. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, there's, there's too much. We really could. I mean, yeah, I feel before we play the game. Is there anything Dr. Jen that you wanted to let it yes it's ask, a speak now share, ask, share, yes. comment, I actually actually yes. there is something that is very important to me that you three are demonstrating already uh the survival of the planet depends on everybody naming and supporting their sacred crew Ooh. eight to twelve people family friends professionals it doesn't matter but everybody has to start living a more devoted and committed life to the people they care about and demonstrate it on the daily. And you three do that with each other. But this is so paramount with Pluto going into Aquarius next year and all of the uproar that we're facing with Saturn Uranus. Everybody's got to get a little bit less selfish and a little bit more interested in how to support those eight to 12 people to deliver their, their gifts to the world and back them up. And be back. We need this. We need our lifeboats and we need to really get those uh, oars in gear. Whoa. Well, we've been talking so much. I think getting married this year too. We've Lisa started a trend of our girly moons now that we're start to go out and do things together. Cause I think that, that of course, like getting wrapped up in partnership can feel like, and then your life's over. And it's like, it's just beginning. I'm just starting to form my commune actually. And yeah. these are their dedicated partners. Cool. Good to know. Everyone's ace here. And I like this eight to 12 too. It feels very like specific. Like Did I love I it. It's specific yes. Mercury and Capricorn. I've done the data research. It's eight mm-hmm. to 12. Eight to 12 people you, that you can actually care for. That you can count deeply, on. They can yeah. count on you. It's not, it's not like, you know, a butt dial. It's like, no, these are the people and wow. they will come over to your house and help you pack. And they will, and not every person is available all the time. That's why you need eight to 12, but you have <laughs> expressed the commitment. Yeah. It's not just in the ethers. You've expressed it. You're my mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sacred spiritual trips, sacred spiritual crew. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. love this. Sacred crew. I'm going to have a jewelry 
line for that. Okay. Oh, we I didn't it. make it, believe me, but I have a friend that makes someone it. in the sacred crew. Yes. Well, no, she's actually my, my daughter's sacred crew. She's younger, oh. but she's an amazing jeweler and she's going to hand design this whole line. It's going to be cool. It's a sacred cool. crew in law situation. Yeah. You know, the yes. sacred crews form together and then, you know, exactly. well, sacredly also, mingle. Though, if you're, if you are taking care of your sacred crew, which yeah. I think is a thing, then you also can engage with other, other crews and be working together <laughs> and doing those things. But we know that people are taken care of. And then we're not, I feel like so much of it is taking on other people's and maybe this is not, not everybody, but I feel like so many people are kind of having to supplement for sacred crew fallout that happened in people's lives. And so mm -hmm. like, you know, the customer service person is having to also be your mom who wasn't there for you. And it's not <laughs> that, but if we are, totally. if we are sacred crewing each other, then we can meet up and create, we can meet up and, uh, you know, form coalitions together for bigger things that need uh, all of our sacred crews and all of that. But I think thinking of it as like, I vote for you, president. The, yes, Julia Thank for you. president. I have. Have I not said that on the podcast? Julia for president. Julia for something. It's been said. I know. Does her chart say political career? I'm just. She totally can have it, but we have to first get over this political situation. Yeah, that's maybe not representing not. us. So maybe not a right. I know, I know. that's yeah. like a horrible punishing. But type wait till it all breaks down, and then we can just deliver her on a chair. Yes, yes. there we yes. go. I'll be, I'll be ready. Speaking of, you'll see what this means when I say speaking I of. Yes, so we're game, playing game. a game. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Mary Fuck Kill. Have you played? Never. Oh my goodness. Really? Oh wow. Oh, this will be fun. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty light. It's lighthearted. I know we're working uh, you know, with our fellow spiritual people. So it's a game. We're here having fun. Kill. I love games and I, I think it's ridiculous already. Okay, perfect. perfect. So I'm gonna need Snog you... Mary avoid if it's yes. like if, if you don't want to spiritually kill, kill someone. Hurting, but anyways, yeah. I like to kill people. Yes, there we go. Yeah, I was like, we got you're we in. got Mars in the first. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're killers. No, okay? I play a game with my friends. If you had to kill somebody, how would you do it? I played all the time. Ooh, oh, they're like gonna be one. you're gonna be so good at this. Okay, okay you're so love this. we're gonna play two rounds. These are gonna be celebrities who share your astrological makeup. We're gonna start. Actually, I found two of your big three twins which i'm excited about and so i'm gonna name three celebrities you pick one you marry one you fuck one you kill so let's start off wait with a second <laughs> terrified now and I'm of course honest. and yes. of course um these are really random celebrities okay good, so good. they won't listen to your show and think i'm no it. okay no, no 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 and if they do you'll just see you'll i just okay. gotta do it okay very funny. yeah i was like if okay. there's someone if we have an if we have a conflict we know you live in you we know there is <laughs> if this is like a neighbor we'll we make sure <laughs> actually there is one neighbor in this mix i can okay well, spoiler let's, hear, let's hear okay big three we're gonna start with two big three twins first off is ronald reagan then second we'll have kelly Rowland of destiny's child and because I couldn't find a third big three twin, we're going to throw in an Aquarius sun, Taurus moon with, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, Trisha Paytas. I don't Who's know that person. You know what? Pause Trisha Paytas. I'm going to swap her out for Cheryl Crow. Okay. Oh, fuck her. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. She's super talented. Um, Ronald Reagan, uh, I guess, kill. And then the other one, Mary. Kelly Rowland. Okay. Yeah. Any, uh, 
rhyme or reason or just, I mean, it sounds like Cheryl was a pole. I could hear, I could. Well, I have listened to Cheryl Crow for a long, long time. And I think she's really a talented songwriter. I love music. And I think she's struggled and overcome a lot and had to deal with a lot. I respect that. Okay. So that's what turns me on about people, I guess. Okay. Ronald Aquarian. I grew up with Ronald Reagan. You know, I'm that old. And he actually is one of the reason, one of the fundamental reasons in California, we have so many homeless people that are unhoused. He's, mm-hmm. He cut the uh, assistance for mental health in a radical way when he was president. And so mostly the homeless are mentally ill, untreated people. So kill him. And I don't How know. How would you kill him? How <laughs> would I kill him? Well, he's dead. So that's easy. But I would have his wife smothered. Oh, I love it. Okay. But now Destiny's Child, I only like the sound of the name, but I don't know the person. That's okay. Why do I want to marry that person? I think she's doing well. The right right choice. I love the three you picked. Kelly Rowland. I mean... I don't know. I feel like from when I was growing up, it's similar. I also love Cheryl Crow, though, but like it's a similar feeling where I'm like she was on Dilemma with Nelly, Destiny's Child. She looks if you look at pictures of her, she always looks like she's having fun. I don't know. Okay, like I'm marrying marry. her. I'm yeah. married the fun one. Yeah. Okay. Kelly, did I play the game well? Yes. You yes. did it great. Yeah. And I think that sometimes in around there is like. Does anyone disagree? Because I feel I like think this, this is, is also the right answer. Those were the answers. right answers. Yeah. Sometimes you know, we, this we doesn't go, happen. Before we go, I'm going to play one on you. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. The game is called Fuck, Marry, or Kill. And here are your three choices, and you cannot tell each other. You're just going to have to blurt it out and okay. commit. Okay? Mm-hmm. So one is Pharrell Williams. Okay. Okay. Two is... Um, Selena Gomez. Okay. Mm-hmm. And three is DeSantis in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna. Uh, I'm no, gonna you don't go. get to say. Just blurt it out, Lisa. You go first. I'm killing Ron DeSantis uh, with gleefully with whatever's closest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I am. Oh, who was the first one? Wait, I Pharrell. Pharrell. Oh, Pharrell. I'm going to fuck Pharrell and I'm going to marry Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, isn't she a cancer? I feel like we'll have yes. a really good home life. Yeah. And then Pharrell, I actually have had a sex dream recently about someone that looks like him. So yeah. that totally tracks for me. Hey, are either of you different or we can skip this answer? Mm-hmm. Did you say marry Selena? Yeah. I love her Our Place pan collection. So also she's same. Our Place. Yeah, I have one in the Azul. Oh my it's beautiful. God. Okay. Okay. Wow, yeah. Selena. Okay. And she has a cooking no. show. She's so cancer. Yeah, the cooking show's fun. Pharrell yeah. doesn't have sexual energy to me, is the only issue. Not that DeSantis doesn't at all. I what I what I'm the know, opposite of oh, wait, I've Listen, got an idea. There is a part of you fuck DeSantis and poison him. Humiliate him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I that's could, where I was I like humiliate him. I Let me like- look at a picture of him again. Let's I feel like Ron DeSantis needs to get fucked in a bunch of ways. <laughs> so there is also like a part of me that's like, maybe if maybe if he just like came hard, he also would chill out. I don't mm, know. Mm. But that's We're ending I think on that's a great still... note here. Coming hard to kill. There yeah. You go. Yes. Yeah. 
there you go. I would I say that, like, sacrifice can you ima- my body that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, could you imagine Trump taking acid and doing yoga? Like, and like getting actually people carried and maybe trying to connect with something outside of their own fucking selves. Anyways, that's no. Okay, I've said yeah, before that I'll <laughs> I've said like, before that I'll evolving fuck. fast. Yes. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I'm really grateful that you're supporting me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Book. That's the whole thing. And uh, I hope one day you will come to Santa Barbara and I don't know, do some live show here or something. Yes, okay. absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was yeah. fantastic. Have a really good night. Really good you to see Yes. Thank okay. you, Jen. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast. On Twitter at what's yr sign underscore pod and TikTok at What's Your Sign Podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us, What's Your Sign Podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Loken, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chanu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.